Hi, friend. Come on in. Yes, I did get new minstrels. I'm glad you noticed. Yeah, let's take a listen for a little bit. like to take this moment to shout out to the wonderful Weston of Arcane Anthems. He creates royalty-free music that anybody can use in their tabletop RPG campaigns or streams or podcasts. I've been supporting him for a while. I've used the tavern music from Article 4 is specifically his. It's called So You Arrive at the Tavern. All of his music is free. If you support him on Patreon, you get access to all of the free songs. There are hundreds and he is an absolute delight to work with. I know nothing about music, and it was very easy to communicate with him exactly what I needed for the writer's room, the aesthetic that I was trying to go for. As you can hear, it's pretty amazing. There will be a link that you can click so that you can go and support him yourself in the socials that will be posted after this episode. We have an Instagram and a Twitter account if you would like to follow us on those platforms. Our Twitter handle is at writersroom 7th, 7 being the number, and our Instagram tag is at writersroom7thc, with again, 7 being the number. And as of this recording, in May of 2021, our podcast has reached a thousand plays. And to celebrate this, we have made a Discord. It's called Hands of the Rose. There will be invites sent out via our socials, so uh, keep a weather eye on that horizon. Uh, I'm actually waiting for Evan and Patrick. They are going to be joining us today, and we're going to be talking about, well, about the ship. <laughs> I think I hear them now. Oh, hey. What's up, nerd? Hi! <laughs> <laughs> what is up, guys? Not too much. Just excited to get started. Pop a squat. Lovely to see you. No, Pat, that's that's my seat. Oh, oh God. That's my cushion. Right. Yes. You have the blue cushion. I have the red. Yeah, don't get them mixed up. <laughs> comfy. Oh, very comfy. Welcome to the comfy writer's room. Already had Gregory make us tea? Ah, yes. Thanks. You're welcome. Nice London fog. No milk. This is a dairy-free writer's room. You're learning. <laughs> Today... We're going to talk about your ship, La Rosa Blanca, the White Rose. Yeah, I've heard of that before. <laughs> Rings a bell. I would hope so. You've been on it for a while? Have we decided how long it's been? Has it been four months? Six months. No, in real time? Yes, in real time. Oh, no. Have we figured out how long it's been since we started the podcast? If we're not counting our first session and we're counting session zero, which is character creation, that was in December. Oh, God, yeah. Six months. Wow. Wow. Damn. Yeah, so six months ago, guys sat down and you created your characters and you also created the ship. No, actually. Oh? That did not happen. <laughs> Would you like to enlighten our listeners as to what exactly happened? Uh so, if you're here, you've probably made it through many, if not all, of the episodes, as well as the first notes with the narrator, and ideally the introductions. Including in that is our session zero, where Jesse and Wayland actually meet for the first time. <laughs> 
I think maybe 15 minutes before we hit record, I sort of placed an accent. And about 15 minutes before the end of the Session Zero session itself, I chose the name for the ship. I was panicking and I was looking for a name because I didn't have one. I figured that, oh, you know, probably going to need to invite Wayland onto my ship. Oh, no. You could have fooled us. And I think... I did. You did. Because <laughs> I was not aware. I was today years old. <laughs> we had talked about coming up with names that were more wind-based. And then there was a moment where I had thought, if this ship is being passed down from Jesse's mom to Jesse, why would it be named by Jesse? It would be named by Sedona. And so, since she's known as the Rose of the Edipan, I figured, why not get some rose action in there? Everyone likes flowers, everyone likes roses, hopefully. The idea of a white rose, it was very serene, but also roses have thorns. And yeah, those are prickly little bastards. You made that decision in the episode, and I think Zoe and I, both of our faces just lit up with joy because it was perfect. When thinking about it, I wanted a name that was Spanish because of Sedona. Now, in 7C, there are mechanics for building your ship. And the first one is the origin, in which it tells where the ship was built. And since this ship was handed down from your mother, who is from Castile, and the ship's name is La Rosa Blanca, the ship would have been from Castile. However... The advantage granted by being a Castilian ship did not really fit in what we were looking for in our ship. And so we took a look at the backgrounds, not only using the core rulebook, but also pirate nations. And you eventually settled in Aragosta, and I'm wondering why. I remember having the idea that the ship, when it reached port, was probably in a pretty bad mess. It did come through a storm in which Jesse was birthed. So it was probably a little bit of a hot mess. And so it's the whole ship of Theseus dilemma, where is it the same ship as it was when it left Castile? And by all accounts, yes, it's the same name, but it was probably mostly rebuilt in Aragosta. I do want to touch on that. As far as Seventh Sea is concerned, so long as you have a piece, a small piece, it could be a plank of wood for the Black Betty, I believe it was their bell. It was their bell, yes. It is still considered the same ship, but because of the rebuild, it was no longer a Castilian vessel. To us, it is a Castilian ship that has an Aragosta makeover, kind of like Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse is Castilian, but was born and raised in the Atabayan and Aragosta. It's a nice mirror in that sense. Which is great. Now, the game grants you one background, and because Jesse, as captain, took the advantage married to the sea, it granted a second background. And the backgrounds that you chose were Black Flag, which any NPC that is a pirate will treat you as friendly, if you spend a hero point, until given reason not to. And also, you have Round the Horn. For those listening, Round the Horn means the Horn of Ifri, and Ifri is absolutely not Africa. Round the Horn, you get a lucky charm for the ship, and any hero can spend a hero point to use that lucky charm and re-roll any number of dice during a risk on the ship. Your lucky charm is not an inanimate object. 
It is a creature. I need to know where Luciana came from, how she came to be. So the stereotypical pirate is an eye patch, large hat, a large coat, peg leg, a large bandolier and a cutlass and a parrot sitting on the shoulders squawking about. And <laughs> I wanted him to have a bird because I love animals. I love birds. And I, at first I wanted him to have like a crow or a raven. And I was like, how cool would it be if the bird was white and an albino bird? And that would have been something important from Sedona. She would have seen it and said, oh, I, it's a good luck charm. Get me around the horn. And then I was like, man, how small can we go? <laughs> like we just kept getting smaller and smaller. There was all sorts of songbirds. At one point, I think I had suggested the idea of a peacock, which was a big bird. It would have been so cool. But having an albino hummingbird is pretty great. She's super special and we love her just like we would love our own pets. And it's nice to have the idea that she's connected to Jesse's mother. Absolutely. Very much a legacy sort of token in the form of this creature. And Luciana, that's the thing about Luciana that I love so much and that I love what we've collectively done with her is make her hyper intelligent. She is not a dumb bird. She is very, very smart. She knows what's up. She knows exactly what's up. She guides you to your shots. Yeah, that's something that I plan on flavoring a little bit more in the future is to help tie Wayland into it as well, is the idea that Luciana being as quick as she is, and even with Wayland's eyes, just helps guide all of Wayland's targets. And he just follows Luciana with his rifle, not aiming at her, but aiming where she's going. And she assists with all of his targeting. It was super neat because Evan and I work together, so we get to chat about game a lot. And I started drawing on my little notepads, little sticky note Lucianas, and <laughs> I would stick them wherever because I also love birds. Birds are great. They are so expressive. Look up any parrot video on TikTok or YouTube. You'll hear the expressions. You'll see them when they floof up and do all the little things. And then when they slim down and get like really like, ooh, tense. Is that the scientific phrase? Ooh, tense? Ooh, tense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all I could imagine was this tiny bird that is no bigger than your thumb. That's how small she is. And she does not give a fuck. She gives no fuck. She's all out. She's all out of fuck. She loves everyone, except when you've done something wrong and Luciana's mad, you know you've really messed up. Oh, yeah. Lay down the law. She's as bad as Charles, if not worse. Oh, boy. And, you know, Black Flag, we're pirates. Mm -hmm. It's a no-brainer. Absolutely makes sense. Also, you had established in your backstory that La Rosa Blanca was an infamous ATC hunting pirate ship. Absolutely. So other pirates are going to see that and go, oh. Okay. Oh, shit. She's sailing again. Well, away. <laughs> and speaking of the Rose, while you guys, you have captain and master at arms, a ship is not just the two of you. The background that you chose allowed you to have 10 other crewmates. And while we could have maybe picked one or two that you interact with a lot, because of the aesthetic of this podcast and how rich the story can be, we sat down and we created all 10 of them. 
And because of your ridiculous role-playing skills. Dear God, Zoe. <laughs> we could not just have Zoe do one or two characters. And you just were like, nope, full breath. Like, get going gung-ho. I hadn't played any sort of RPG with Zoe before. And Pat and I have a separate home game that we play together. So I am familiar with the way Pat roleplays. I went from zero to 100 and was just like, I need to make sure that every single one of these crew members is totally different. We're in Aragosta. We need, we just need, it's like a buffet. We just need one of everyone from everywhere. We had a long discussion about that, about making sure that we had representation across the board, not only from people of color. And sexualities, gender identities. Absolutely. From my opinion, I think we've succeeded quite well. It feels like a pirate ship. Yeah. It feels like a pirate family. Some of them don't feel super piratey, but that makes it even better. Some of them don't have to feel super piratey. I did have the stipulation that there are some accents that I cannot do justice, so therefore I just do not do. That is the only reservation that I had, is that had you chosen someone from the Sarmatian Commonwealth, the totally not Czech or Polish accent is actually extremely difficult. It is very much so, speaking from experience. All of the accents out there are super difficult. Yes, they are. However, I have a lot of time to myself, and yeah, (laughs) my drama background plays into this. But anyway. (laughs) I was going to say, arguably, I chose the easiest accent because I am both Irish and Scottish, and that. I was close. (laughs) So I will tell you, I was close to actually choosing the, like, Barbosa classic. And, you know, I would like to do that in the future really badly. I I think that's going to be what I go for next. If we ever get to a next campaign or like a one shot, that's going to be the route that I take. Oh, yeah. With a different character. We shall see. We shall see. And for those listening, these accents are never to mock or make fun. It's always from a place of care and love to do justice to the characters and enrich the story and have fun. Yeah. I mean, look, we can only do so much with... We're from Massachusetts. We have very particular accents. Thank God we don't have Boston accents. If we did, this would be a whole different podcast. But because of that, and because of our the three of us having backgrounds with theater and acting, it's nice to be able to bring some form of diversity into this game. Yeah, well, you both have said my voice is nice. It It's nice to have a good breakup. <laughs> For sure. On that note, we sat down and we made all 10 of these people. We have seen everyone and we all created them together. And I know we don't like to pick favorites. How can you do this? Oh no, are you about to make us choose? I'm gonna go first. Oh God, okay. Not that GMs have characters or favorites, but Mama Coco is my favorite because I really, really love the idea of this really laid back casual woman who takes no nonsense sasses the captain (laughs) all the time while jesse was working on his accent i would go back and forth with him in my in my calypso accent yeah when i was first trying to play around with accents and and choose one for jesse zoe would kind of mimic whatever accent i was playing with at the time back and so there was this 
if I could conceptualize it as a piece of concept art, it was, I don't know what like the familial bond was, but it definitely felt like a more familial bond between who would eventually become Jesse and who would eventually become Amakoko. It was very rough. You know, there was no names involved. There was no faces, but it was just like this sassy back and forth that, you know, always ended in unconditional love. It's like that brother-sister love where, you know, they're always at each other's throats. Always got to get the one up on you. <laughs> but like, they still love each other. And so that worked out perfectly. Her name is Varison Rococo. And that was shortened to Mama Coco, just as like a very affectionate term. And I think for Wayland, she became sort of like a motherly figure to him, like adopted motherly figure. Wayland's an orphan. And so having somebody who has that stern hand who is often backsassing and is like i'm not going to take any shit from you is like yeah this feels like what a mom should feel like oh yeah i actually had a question for you zoe answer for you patrick would you consider mama coco sort of an author insert yes because i'm running the game of course but it's also my way to play as well and yes i put on so many different hats it's ridiculous not only do I have to play your crew, but I have to play every NPC you interact with. You know, that's what a GM does. It ain't nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't be doing it. But for me, Mama Coco is very much that nurturing yet stern hand to guide you guys and keep you focused. The NPC that you always go to in case things go wrong or you don't know what to do or you're lost... Mama Coco is your true north in the game. You can always find her. You can always talk to her. She always has time for you. And she will tell you true what needs to be done. She won't sugarcoat it. Mm -hmm. Pat, who's your favorite? Oh, God, you're asking a bisexual to make a choice? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I hope you don't choose who I'm going to choose, but I want to see who you, who you pick. It's difficult because Jory, I think if I'm recalling correctly, is the crew member that I think I had the most hand in creating. And I do love him dearly. I think I might have to go with Klaus. Interesting. Because, oh my God, I absolutely adore Klaus. Just everything about him. Um, one of the things that Zoe does is, it's just a voice acting thing in general, is she has little cue lines to help her get into the character. And I think Klaus's is my favorite. Oh, you poor thing. Does it hurt on a scale from not to... <laughs> Tell me how much it hurts, yeah? I was like, ah, uh, it's just... Uh, it's perfect. And he's always cracking jokes and trying to lighten the mood. And I think Wayland appreciates that. Klaus just makes me feel a little bit safer in the game. As far as knowing that we have this person who is actively a medic on the ship, who is just this absolute joy to be around as well as completely and totally annoying sometimes knowing that there's some reason for that that we haven't explored yet some darker aspect to his personality and i just there's so much history behind klaus there's so much history behind everybody but i ah klaus i'm very intrigued in Klaus is from Aizen, so as our listeners know, if you're familiar with Aizen, it is <laughs> not the best place. <laughs> it is really tough because just I feel like we've put so much of ourselves into each one of the crew members, and they're all so special and so unique in their own 
little ways. I think Cosette is adorable. I think Ursa is fascinating. Same with Agnes. I think she's absolutely fascinating too. Hawthorne is, is hilarious. They're amazing. They're so great. Jory is also hilarious. Charles is just someone you really want to be friends with, but not get on their bad side. Boots is instant classic. He's so good. And Mama Coco, obviously, she's my first mate. So that's really special. But for some reason, Roz sticks out the most. And I think it's because when Zoe and I are at work and we're talking about just dumb things that either Jesse or Wayland or someone else has done, I will always know <laughs> specifically when Zoe's trying to get my attention because it's just the single word, three syllables. Capitano! <laughs> oh, okay. Ah, what Roz? <laughs> From like any moment where we're making jokes at work between Roz and Jesse, and anytime it's something in game where Roz just goes on and on, it's, it's just it's so good. It's just so funny. We were coming up with portraits and pictures of character references of headcanons are, what we think these characters look like. <laughs> For some reason, my my the image that always came to my head was Juan Decimo from Fairly Odd Parents, followed closely by the this pinching salt meme guy. Salt Bay. I mean, the Spanish are so oh, they're so eccentric and they're so fun and they have such a great energy about them. And Roz fits that perfectly. And it's the other side of the Castilian nature that I didn't explore. Jesse didn't grow up in Castile, but he has a very special place in his heart for Roz because they're brothers, essentially, with two different upbringings. There's a special little place in my heart for that because I wanted someone else on the crew that was also Castilian, but like freshly Castilian, if you know what I mean. Two sides of the same nation. Two sides of the same doubloon. Yes. Or Gilder, actually. By the way, as Patrick mentioned, I usually have a quote for each of them to kick me into the accent. Raz's quote is thus. Hola, it is I, your knight in shining robe, ready to catch you should you fall and wrap you up in my love. Come, mi amor, fly with me. I still love that so much. Because Raz is always in the ropes. He is the master of tops. Yeah, he's a, he's a fucking psycho and I love him. The whole crew is psychotic, and it's just, it's so good. Also, a personal standpoint, the Rose is a member of the crew as much as the rest of us. Being the captain of the ship, it's really special. Having a whole big old boat that your fantasy mother passed down to you, it's pretty rad. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love all the crew. I can't, it's hard to really choose one, because they're all so special and unique. So, fuck you, Zoe. All right. <laughs> How dare you make me choose? I could go on for hours about Kazette as well. Oh, yeah. Slightly regretting my choice, but at the same time, there's no choice between them. I adore Kazette and everything that she is. I will say, Jesse's got a big old crushy on the Montaigne's. Oh, man, he likes people from Montaigne. He likes everybody, but nothing about that accent, man. <laughs> we'll find out more about that in the future. No, yeah. Yep, we're all going to find out together. You'll find out the same time we do. Yep, we're going to find out all the same time. Oh, dear. Yep, you'll see. Hi, <laughs> Capitano! Yes, Roz? There's a ship! Off the port bow! Well, what is it? Can you see it? Well, I'm not, I mean, I can see the ship, but I can't really see what the name of the ship is. All right, let me take a look, Roz. 
Oh, dear God. Captain! Hey? Turn the ball around right now! What's wrong? Will, what's wrong? What is it? It's the consequences of our own actions. Ay, Dios mío! At <sighs> least it's not the careless whisper. Oh, God. <laughs> we have a few jokes, Shep. Yes. Like many tabletop RPGs, there are inside jokes in between the players and the GM. This is one of those. And moments like that, where we're riffing off of each other, gave me the idea to make an advantage. Because you guys are so close to this crew, not only when we created them, but also in the game, it brought me to make an advantage so that the crew wasn't just always on the ship, always doing ship stuff, always in the background. There was more chances to interact with them and also use them as other characters. Because, yeah, they're non-player characters, but they're not non-player characters that are useless. (laughs) So I decided to make an advantage called part of the ship, part of the crew. And I will tell you what that advantage is, but I will also post it in our discord hands of the rose in the game props channel i know it's not technically a prop but it is part of this game specifically so we have part of the ship part of the crew the ship isn't just about the sails and the rigging and the wood it's about the people your crew is as close as blood they are the family you chose as dysfunctional as they may be any hero may spend a hero point if they do They can invoke the aid of an NPC crew member. As long as they are close enough and are able to lend help, that crew member can use one of their given advantages or abilities to aid in that situation. The hero must describe how they are helping, and the NPC cannot be asked again for help for the rest of the session. It's a great concept. I love it. I absolutely fucking adore part of the ship, part of the crew. Now, we actually saw this in Article 4, when we went to the Bucket of Blood and Cosette was with our captain and master-at-arms when they were discussing the business of the job they had just completed. I offered them to use part of the ship, part of the crew, to use Cosette's ability of inspire generosity, which allows her to, well, inspire generosity, giving Wayland and Jesse their own personal wealth. Right. I was like, where is that in the book? And Zoe was like, nowhere. I made this up wholesale because you're fucking insane. (laughs) Every crew member of La Rosa Blanca has a special ability or advantage. And some of them are minuscule, such as Roz has perfect balance, so he can never be knocked out of the rigging. Whereas there are more potent advantages, such as Klaus has Miracle Worker. He can remove a dramatic wound from someone. Being a medic and a doctor, that's a very good thing for him to have. I think, you know, especially with people who, you know, might be finding 7th C and are like, oh, I really want to play this game, but I can't get enough people together to make a whole crew. Here is your gimme. You don't have to have more than two people. You don't have to have more than three people. You can have a fully fleshed out story, all of your own with yourself and two other friends, or one other friend, however you feel you want to go about this. And you do not have to use this advantage. This is something that I created for this game specifically, but I would love to hear if you used it and how it worked out for you and how things turned out. 
Maybe one day when I eventually get around to writing an explorer society adventure, this will probably be a part of it. Quick, everybody's favorite non-crew NPCs. Oh my god, Captain Kip, our first NPC who will always hold a special place in our hearts. Charlotte. Oh god, I, I had to <laughs> I had to ask this question. Yeah, your turn now. Let's go, quick. I think it's tied between Dedekumbo and Charlotte. Really? Not Royce? Not Miguel? Not Raul? Oh god, Miguel and Raul. I love Raul, and I love Miguel, and I love Royce. Charlotte is just a little cutie. Charlotte was session zero. I didn't have a name for her. I didn't have anything other than she's very small. She's small. She's mousy, like timid, and also she's very nervous. She's always wringing her hands, always just like, um, okay, um, I guess, um. He's a child. She's a little, a little girl. I might have to go with Charlotte as well, just because of the relationship that is built between Wayland and Charlotte and how that started with that just innate fear and how it's now softened. Yes. Especially because Charlotte is Charles's sister, which I think was a decision that was made later after her introduction. While we were making Charles. Right. Because he was from Avalon. And I think there's that bond there. And also she made whaling cookies. How can I pick anybody else? <laughs> she didn't make Jesse cookies, but I still picked her. Favorite NPC villain, go. That's a question. For me, it's Jonah. Oh, he's so fascinating. And he's super unique to 7C. And I love that. What an introduction to that character, too. All we saw was the sting cut of it. And it's almost as if that wouldn't have happened if you didn't say his name. <laughs> Look, everything is Waylon's fault. I'm fully aware of this fact. It just keeps happening by accident. <laughs> I mean, I gotta be selfish on this one. I gotta say Mad Maeve. Oh my god, just everything, everything with Mad Maeve is just so juicy and just so interesting. Oh, she's amazing. You've done such an incredible job. I think in the beginning, I gave Zoe the smallest of tidbits and just a basic description of the character and relationship to Wayland. And you took it and you ran with it in the most awful, beautiful direction. I think what's weird about her is that she's the most viscerally believable and, like, real, which is strange. Like, she feels the most real out of all. Like, all of the crew feels real, but there's something about Maeve. It's, like, not Uncanny Valley. It feels like she's there trying to fuck us over and just be super crazy about it and super creepy. There is something very real about making a villain like that. I will take a page from John Wick and his favorite villain being Dr. Doom. Everything that Dr. Doom does is to get his mother out of hell. He will do literally anything which makes him human. It makes him relatable as to why he's a villain. Audra, AKA Mad Maeve has the same thing. And you guys have yet to even touch upon it. Yeah, and it's this person who has gone through this awful, awful trauma and has come out the other side just absolutely broken and insane. And I think that that's the thing that I love the most about it because I love this hyper awareness of her situation. But we will get there until then. 
that covers everything about the ship, everything about the backgrounds, the crew. Well, almost everything. Almost? What did I miss? Oh, I'm just saying there's more to come in the future. I haven't missed anything. It's on the way. (laughs) Oh, so, so much more. Thank you guys so much for taking time out of your night to come and sit with me in the writer's room and talk about our game. Zoe, thank you so much for having us. This is absolutely wonderful. Thanks for having us. Anytime. Make sure he doesn't steal my seat again. This is a really comfy cushion and I... It was a simple mistake and it will not happen again. Gregory, if you want to take care of the cushions, that would be great. You're doing a fantastic job. Thanks a lot, honey. I appreciate the almond milk. This is a dairy-free establishment. Almond milk is bad for the bees. I think we'll we'll move to oat milk next time. You're riding a thin line, buddy. Oh, dear. We'll see you in the next article. Yeah, we'll probably be back in, I don't know, two minutes. <laughs> Depending on the order you listen to these in. Yeah, maybe we'll get a food break. Actually, Evan, that's a good point. Do you want to go out and grab maybe like some dim sum or something? I don't even know what that is, but sure. Oh, yeah. If you guys could grab me some like noodles. Yeah. Yeah. We'll grab you some. Awesome. Thanks, guys. You're very welcome, Zoe. Love you. Mwah. Love you. Love you. Be safe and well. Nope. Don't tell me how to live my life. <laughs> Bye. <sighs> oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Did you want anything? Yes. Okay. I'm just going to go catch them before they get too far away. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs>